I'm going to ask William Lepsch to come up here to the front. And while he's coming, <clears throat> give me umption in my gumption. That was one of those verses to the song that, wasn't it, Karen? I sometimes need to be singing that. Okay, so William, you have, how many favorite verses do you actually have? Like three or four? I think it's more like six or seven, but that's okay. We will disagree on that one. Um, but the one that I'm preaching on today, the passage I'm preaching on today is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's one of your favorites, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Can you say it for us? Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Yeah. And uh, why did that verse strike you as, as like keeping it close to yourself? What about that? Um, for me personally, sometimes I struggle with trusting in him and I go by what I, what I think I know, what I've learned from other people who may or may not be believers and that usually doesn't work well to, for me, but this is just my personal experience. Yours may be different and, um. I try to live that verse. Don't always do because for all I've sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right, right. But it uh, so it's a uh, it's there for you to challenge yourself in that direction. Then is kind of what you're saying. Yes. It's kind of a high standard that uh, calls to your heart. Yes. Okay, thank you very much, William. And um, there are other people for whom this verse is a favorite. None of them wanted to speak in public today, so I really appreciate you, William. And uh, the, the youth and the kids can be uh, dismissed now to downstairs with Rob. If you want to go with him, he has something for you. We're in a sermon series entitled, My Life Verse. Several people have sent in their life verse. Some, some of you have more than one, like William. This was, if this was an election, this passage today would win because it got the most votes. It's not just William who favors this verse. Um, this was also uh, the life verse of President Gerald Ford. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, we're going to read it again, and it's, it's so familiar that I think we should all say it out loud. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, how many of you have that verse memorized? Okay, many, many. Um, you didn't even have to look at the words. Now, this is Judy Van Alstyne's life verse. She remembers memorizing it when she was a teenager in a summer camp. That's how she looked when she was a teenager. It's the closest I could come. 
to you. Judy says it makes sense, and she likes things that are practical. And I really like that take on this passage. It gives a clear direction and tells us what to do, and then it gives us a gem at the very end of it. Like William and like all of us, Judy hasn't followed it faithfully, she says. Sometimes it was off and on. But she remembers that summer camp where they had an old man as their speaker. He was so enthusiastic and excited about reading God's word, and they were studying revelations that summer, that it was contagious. And Judy discovered incredible joy in God's word up in the woods in New York State at summer camp. And Judy was so compelling in telling me this about herself that I um, was inspired myself and we are planning to have the youth group memorize this passage. Um, we're going to start working on it very soon. It's a good life verse. If you were marooned on an island and you just had one little scrap of paper from the Bible left, now you'd brought your whole Bible with you, of course, on vacation, but nothing was left except this one scrap of paper, this would be a very good scrap of the Bible to have. In fact, that's what this series is about, these nuggets in the Bible that are packed with so much meaning, meaning that something written so long ago, this was written 3,000 years ago, and it crosses cultures, it crosses centuries, it crosses huge differences in people to bring meaning and direction to our life today. That's what we're really saying in this series, that God speaks truth to us, that God touches us, God challenges us, God comforts us, God guides us, teaches us through his word. Scripture is one vehicle of a way of God reaching us. And we expect it to have a big impact on us. And setting our course through these life verses keeps us close to God. But before we focus on those two verses, those famous ones, we're going to read a little bit in the context by starting at the beginning of the chapter, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. And I really love that way that that is written, let your heart keep my commandments. Commandments is a reference to the Torah, to the Old Testament code of law. And over the course of my lifetime, I've been a huge rule follower. And yet I have a love-hate relationship with the idea, the concept of commandments. Because I am the boss of me. And no one better tell me what to do and what not to do. So the phrase, let my heart keep your commandments, so quickly cuts through attitudes and legalism. It cuts through the sense of duty. It cuts through motivations to the essential. Do our hearts not only know but also appreciate that the commandments of God are given with our well-being in mind? The only way I can willingly, lovingly, happily keep commandments is by looking beyond the words of the commands to the command giver, to God himself, because my heart is happy following him. It is fulfilled following him. It's, it's 
where it needs to be obeying him. So I keep the commandments not for the sake of following rules, but to follow God. And I think of it as my heart following his heart, rather than a list of do's and don'ts. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. And this is a pattern that we see often in Proverbs, a command, and it's followed by the result, kind of almost like a promise. It's a consequence or it's a reward. And Proverbs paint with a broad brush with sweeping generalizations. These are not specific promises to individual readers. It's not true that in every single case of following God's commands with our hearts will result in long life or riches. There was no one who followed God's commands better and more wholeheartedly than Jesus, and he did not have a long life or riches. So in the book of Proverbs, we see these broad brush strokes, which may or may not apply to specific situations. Continuing verse 3, do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Those beautiful twins, loyalty and faithfulness. Other translations have kindness and truth, mercy and good faith, grace and truth, loving kindness and truth, steadfast love and faithfulness. These are essential attributes of God. The first of those words is hesed, a favor conferred by a superior to an inferior, and so it has come to describe God's kindness, God's grace, God's love that is not earned, it's not deserved, and it isn't mandatory that God give it to us. He gives it out of his love for us. So one who does hesed opens oneself out to the other, moves towards the other, and this is our experience of God, that we aren't owed hesed from him, but that he moves towards us. And we can count on it because it comes from God. So we're supposed to hold on to hesed along with its twin, faithfulness and truth. Binding them around our neck, like the verse says, brings to us the image of wearing them next to our heart. And I love that image of wearing, wearing God's kindness, wearing his steadfast love over our heart, so close that they engage with our own heartbeat. His, his kindness then is internalized to the point that it transforms the deepest part of our being so that it becomes our, his hesed and loyalty, faithfulness, truth, grace, mercy becomes our life force. And we can clearly see that this is a way to find favor with God and with others. Our hearts have yearned for God. We have received God's blessings. And the enjoyment of those blessings in Proverbs is always bound up with following God's commands, living a life of discipline and obedience and submission to God. Our reward is that we get to love God even more and to be a visible witness of God's love to other people. So our relationship with God has an outward manifestation to others. And this is what Proverbs 
teaches us. So that's the appetizer. Now we come to the main course, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. The command is underlined. You see that's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's underlined in both verses. And the outcome is in the second part of the verse. Now, we don't need trust when everything is going great. When we can see our pathway into the future and there's nothing around us but sunshine and flowers and we are skipping down the pathway of life, trusting, we're trusting the Lord just fine. But we don't need trust, trust, if you know what I mean. That gripping, white-knuckled, I don't know what's going to happen next. I am not in control of my circumstances or of the outcome, and I need help. That kind of trust. Have you ever needed that kind of trust? When my daughters were younger, they had a great time with a little gadget in their room. And when the door opened and somebody walked in, it would beep. <laughs> intruder alert, intruder alert, intruder alert. They were guarding their privacy when they were eight and nine years old. There were important private things that were being worked on in their bedroom and they needed a warning when a parental unit would stray into that space. And sadly, in our lives, there are many unintended unpleasant, unanticipated, unplanned intruders. We are walking life's path and something hits us from the side and we never saw it coming. It broadsides us and our path, which was laid out so pleasantly in front of us, now must swerve to face this danger over here that we have no control over and that is when this verse, which we have memorized, pops into our head and our mind tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's when you need trust. Let's say that again. Trust, out loud, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But God could have prevented this thing from happening. Well, that's on God. But you, let's say it together, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. But God could even now lift this suffering. Why doesn't he? What are we to do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But I'm scared for my future. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But this thing is getting bigger, not smaller. It's getting worse, not better. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But I don't know which way I should go. I have a big decision to make. It's going to alter the course of my future. It's going to shape my future. I can't figure out which way to go. What do I do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust, you see, is not an intellectual activity that we talk about. It's not pretty words. Instead, it's a state of being 
where we can actually experience the faithfulness and hesed, steadfast love of God in that pit of life where it matters in the swirl of the tornado when you are blown so off course that it messed up your road where you can't figure out how to get back on it because the road doesn't even exist anymore. Now you're on this other path. Trust is the confidence that we are secure with God, that he will be with us every second, even when we don't feel him, and that he will be with us through whatever we're going through, and there will be a through, there will be a through, he has a future for us. Oh, I can't talk about that because that's another person's favorite verse. So we're going to talk about that some other time. But this is not all that there is. That's trusting the Lord. Now we can and we do trust a lot of other things. We can trust our financial planning if we're good at that. Not raising my hand on that one. Or if we have accumulated enough. We can trust our problem-solving skills. We can trust our political leaders that they will work for societal peace and prosperity for us all. Who's laughing back there? Someone. That horse is out of the barn. We can trust in our health system to keep us healthy. Don't the insurance companies want us to be healthy? We can trust in institutions, banks, where we store our money, schools where we learn, law enforcement to keep us safe, even the church with a capital C for our spiritual health, every single one of those systems has failed at one time or another. Not in every individual case, but enough for us to know that putting our trust in them is no guarantee. So that leaves only me. I can trust in me. Surely I won't work against my own well-being. You've never done that, have you? Sabotaged yourself? You've never. I have, sadly, but surely I can keep myself safe. But no, there's only one, one guaranteed way. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the difficulty here is that that kind of trust with all our heart requires us to put all our bags, all our eggs in one basket. Trust to the extent that, and with the result that, we will not lean on our own understanding or insight. Now, if Brenda Curl Mitchell was here today, I would have her come up and preach this next piece of the sermon. And uh, the one Sunday, the one holiday weekend she takes off, I am preaching on her favorite life verse. So I talked with her, and she gave me permission to tell you what she would have said, but I wish you could hear her voice. Um, the trust part of the verse she took care of long ago, she just had to decide, did she believe in Jesus or did she not believe in Jesus? That was a, for her a one-time decision, she, be, she believes, so 
that was taken care of, but the lean not in, onto your own understanding, that piece of it uh, has been a journey for her. That part took a while to learn. Because she said, I have these chattering monkeys I have to deal with. I'm a fix-it girl. I need to figure things out. I need to know why. So there's two parts to not leaning on your own understanding. One of them, Brenda says, is that my understanding has gotten me off track. Uh, William said much of the same. Uh, and Judy said that to me, too. So many of us could agree with that. How many times have our own instincts, our own desires led us astray? How many times have we made decisions based on faulty knowledge? How many times have we gotten ourselves in trouble? And that trail in our lives is worn deep grooves from the last time we walked it, and yet we will go down that path again and again while fully knowing it will lead to no good. Someone once said about where their thinking leads them. My mind is a dark neighborhood with barking dogs and lurking shadows. Why would I want to spend any time there? Why would I trust myself alone there? Many, many times our own understanding gets us off track. And the other piece of lean not on your, on your own understanding, in Brenda's words, is I don't know what God's plans are. He has the best things in mind, although maybe not what I want. But I've had to will myself to acceptance. Acceptance is the key to my struggles. I tell myself, God is speaking to you. There's something here that you need to learn, something you need to hear. It took me a while to learn, but this part of the verse God was speaking to me directly. So when she handed me that card that had that verse written out, lean not on your own understanding was the part all in caps on that card for her. Which way are you leaning? We can't lean in two directions at the same time. We're going to have to decide which side we're going to lean on because it can't be both. A lot of people believe they can trust in themselves. They can visualize how they will manage events by their own wits and produce success by their own powers without God's gracious gifts. But that's a delusion. Our life verse tells us that. Lean on God. Let him carry the weight. There are limits to human understanding. There's a lot we can't see and we don't know. But God sees all. And God knows all. One translation says, in all your ways, submit to him. And I think that gets close to what Brenda was saying about acceptance. In all your ways, submit to him. But literally, verse 6 says, in all your ways, know him. Know him. And the proof of really knowing God is manifested in the path that we choose and our behaviors and our actions. In other words, knowing God is an attitude and an awareness of what God wants as well as a desire to do, to do it. Knowing God means giving constant attention to God's will and presence in our lives. 
So let us know God, here we come to the gem, and expect that God will intervene. Because this is what we get when we trust fully in God. We get to see him at work. We get, get to see him leveling the mountains and straightening our paths. We get to see the hand of God in action. God answering our cries for help. Maybe not instantly. I would love instant answers to prayer. Maybe not in the way we expect. Sometimes we have to wait on the Lord for his timing. But God always works good for those who are trusting him wholeheartedly. And we, as a result, get to see God. Our ordinary, mundane, physical world is the imperfect arena in which humans get to know God. That's an awesome thought. And what we know now is nothing, nothing compared to the weight of glory that awaits us in heaven when we're face to face and when we will see clearly and not dimly as we do now. But right here and right now, we get to know the real, living, only God. And he is a way maker where there is no way. Our verses contain a challenge and a blessing. And if we want the blessing, we must rise to the challenge. So which way are you leaning? Let's bow our heads. Our God, we do confess that we don't lean on you all the time and that trust is sometimes hard and that sometimes it is taken for granted so work in us work in our hearts to desire you more hmm. maybe you have something a prayer request some something big that you need to trust god in will you let the Holy Spirit, bring that to mind. And just in a moment of silence, just uh, let God have that. Lean on him for that. Trust him for that. A moment of silence for the Holy Spirit to work on your heart and for you to respond. Jesus, we have brought to you things that we cannot fix. And maybe we've tried a lot to fix it, but we cannot fix it, Lord Jesus. So we want to trust you for that thing that we brought to you. Just now in prayer, we want to trust you with it. We want to see you at work there. We want to lean on you and not on our own understanding. Thank you, God, that you are a way maker. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.